Today, we want to continue the sermon series on repentance. By the grace of God, last week, we managed to come to that place of understanding what repentance means and how it comes about. And also some of the reasons why the enemy creates a scenario so that we would need repentance. We're able to understand that there are five main areas that the enemy or our lives or ourselves or situation can draw us away from the original position that Christ established us in from the foundation of the world. And one of them is through our bloodline, the sins of the fathers, the mistakes, the errors, the iniquities of the fathers can be uh, transcended or can pass on onto the kids, onto the children. And therefore, it becomes an issue of hindrance to the progress of the life of the children. And for that matter, there's a need that we have to um, always realign ourselves as sons and daughters of the king. The moment we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and personal Savior, we have to realize that our background has got effect on our lives. And so we must correct the background, the past issues of life. Daniel chapter 9 verse 8 will help us to understand that the mistakes of the fathers now, the kids were paying the price for the iniquities of the father until Daniel stood up and asked for mercy. And then Israel repented. He repented on behalf of the whole people. And Nehemiah also, Nehemiah chapter 1 also speaks of the same thing. Nehemiah also had to repent on behalf of Israel. Hallelujah. What the fathers have done, what the children were doing, and the future, what the future held was not so much of a great joy. And for that matter, Nehemiah also prayed for God to help them to uh, change the situation in their favor. And also we came to the place of seeing that our environment can also affect us. For example, Israel, when they went to servitude in Egypt for 430 years, the Bible says that when they came out, and Moses, the servant of the Lord, who was leading them, after he had an encounter with God for 40 days and 40 nights, the people could not stay for 40 days to wait for the word of the Lord, to wait for instructions from the Lord, to wait for the leader, that is Moses. And for that matter, it happened that the people began to cry out and seek for extra help or from other support or from other areas. And so, by the time they realized, they had now created a God for themselves. Hallelujah. And they had also formed a whole new system of worship for a strange God. And the Bible does not allow these things to happen in our midst. The moment we miss out on the opportunity to serve the true God and give him the worship that is true to him, it affects our lives. Hallelujah. It affects our growth. It affects our movement. It affects everything that concerns our lives. So it is important that God alone be glorified in our lives and we give him the worship that is due him. Amen. And so Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 will help us to understand that whatever that is true, whatever that is lovely, whatever that is uh, uh, acceptable, whatever that, that is pure, but that is of a good report. The Bible says that those are the things that we have to think upon them. Amen. And also number four, our association, our association, hallelujah. We came to find out that our association can give birth to assimilation. So those that you associate yourselves with can actually make you begin to react in a certain way. 
For example, people who live among people or work among people who cast a lot or swear a lot. If you don't take care, by the time you realize, you are also, you've also started swearing. But it is not for the child of God to allow those things to happen in us. The Bible says that we should not be deceived because bad company, it corrupts good moral, according to 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 15, verse 33. So we've got to always be careful about whatever we are doing. Amen. Number five, we also came to the place of understanding that our inner desires for outward pleasure will also fight against our spiritual standard. And therefore, we must open up and to realize that anytime sin is knocking on our door, we find expression in Christ Jesus to overcome it. Hallelujah. We find expression in Christ Jesus to overcome it. Because those are some of the things the enemy does. He, cry, he tries to create a, a system or a desire, a pleasurable activity around our life so that our inner desire will now switch away from seeking to please God but to please ourselves and then it, it moves us away from the presence of the Lord and it causes us to become weak in the sight of the Lord. Amen. Today, today our focus of study is going to base on two um, facts and two things. That is the stages of repentance uh, and also what does repentance do? The advantages that repentance brings to us. What repentance brings to us. Every repentance that we walk through or we allow to work in us, what does it do? Why is it necessary that a child of God needs to repent of their iniquity, of their sins? Amen. Hallelujah. So those are the things that we're going to be studying today. Please, if your Bible is close to you, I want you to open to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 7. Mashazo brasi bakaya le sambrandi sotus. Spirit of God, minister to the needs of our heart today, we pray. In the name of Jesus Christ, let the name of Jesus be glorified in our gatherings today. Let the souls of men be blessed by the word of God. Let the lives of people be transformed by the word of God. Let the word of God find its expression in our hearts and in our minds, in our body, in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 10, uh, chapter 7, sorry, my apologies, chapter 7, verse 10. It says, for godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation, not to be regretted. Uh, that statement is very important to keep. So godly sorrow produces repentance that leads to salvation, which will not allow you to ever be regretted. But the sorrows of the world produces death. Hallelujah. And that is the statement that God wants us to keep in our heart. So for godly sorrow produces repentance that leads to salvation, not to be regretted, but the sorrows of the world it produces death. Amen. 
Today, God gave me a bit of information so that we can share about repentance. And there are two facts that he tried to break it into two for me to give me uh, the original source of how repentance were, was born and, and also how the Old Testament dealt with repentance and how the New Testament dealt with repentance. Hallelujah. So today is a bit of a study which we need to keep in our hearts by the grace of God, how the Hebrew interprets repentance in four categories and how the Greek also interprets repentance in four categories so that we can keep those things in mind wherever we are. And therefore, whenever we find ourselves in a predicament or in a challenge where we don't seem to be able to rise to that place of occasion anymore, we will begin to go on our knees and make amends with our God, the Most High God. The Bible says that he does not entertain sin. It is not in the place of the righteous to allow sin to be part of our lifestyle. It is not in the place of a child of God that you entertain anything that is unrighteous in the sight of God. If you're a child of God, he wants you to walk free from sin. Hallelujah. Walk far away from sin. He does not want you to become part and parcel of anything that does not glorify God. And so he wants us to always come free and always come clean, always come pure in the sight of the Lord. Amen. And so the first Amen. thing that we, the Hebrew, the Hebrews understanding of this repentance came from Genesis chapter six, verse six. The Bible says that God, it repented God for making man in his image. Why? Because of the sins, the continual sins of man that man kept on doing. And so the understanding of the Hebrew uh, means of repentance is being able to feel strongly sorry for something, for doing something. Strongly being sorry for doing something or a high sigh or breathing strongly. And that was the fact that was happening at the time in Genesis chapter 6, verse 6. The Bible says, and the Lord was sorry that he had made man on earth. And he was grieved in his heart. And that is what repentance does. It does something to your heart. Whenever you realize what you've done and it has not brought joy or it has not produced anything positive, it can create that kind of effect that can have emotional side of you tainted or emotional side of you affected somehow. And the Bible says the actions of men, the wickedness of men, continually in the sight of God now made God become so sorry for making man. So in the Hebrew parlance, they see repentance as a sorrow of heart or being, being in the place where you feel so uh, disappointed for whatever you may have done. Not in the sense that it is wicked or is bad, but the fact that it was because of your initiative now you are coming to that place of feeling that it is not profiting anybody, anything, and any idea that you wanted it to be. And for that matter, that place where a sigh of relief or a sigh of sorrow is now breathed in you. And so the Hebrew says that it becomes a very sorry situation for you. The second point is that the Hebrew parlance, according to 1 Kings chapter 8, verse, verse 7, 47, and Ezra chapter 14, verse 6, the second thing that the Hebrew deals with in the Old Testament in terms of repentance is to turn back, is to turn back. 
is the act of turning from whatever you are doing that is not making any positive impact and switching to something that will be of a positive impact in the life of people or in your relationship with God. And so uh, Ezra chapter 14 verse 6 helps us to understand that one of the things that Hebrew, the Hebrews also speak about with, with regards to repentance is to turn back. Amen. Point number three. One of the things that Hebrew also speaks about in the Old Testament, according to Hosea chapter 13, verse 14, is to regret or have a regret, hallelujah, to have a regret of making something or setting an initiative or creating a, a, a matter that has caused a whole lot of uh, trouble or challenge or difficulty or somebody maybe even losing their life, losing their livelihood, losing their relationship and stuff like that. So Hebrew, Hebrew, Hosea, Ezra, and, and Genesis all speaks about these things. One, to be sorry, two, to turn back, three, to regret of their actions. And then number four, which is the last one in the Old Testament, how the Hebrew uh, talks about repentance is also to have compassion to have compassion, that to have compassion. And the statement, the word that the Hebrew um, say is nichum, nichum, to have compassion according to Hosea chapter 11, verse eight, that we are able to have compassion. There is a sense where you make up your mind that, look, I'm not going to open a, a door for this person anymore, or I'm not going to do this favor for this person, but because of your heart, because of your heart and being able to, to change your mind and change your heart, you get to that place where you automatically have compassion because you carry the image of Christ in you. And so you have compassion. So the Hebrew, the fourth point where the Old Testament um, deals with repentance is, is in this place where compassion is developed in our hearts. Amen. In the New Testament, the Greek understanding, the Greek also speaks it in this way. One, to change mind is a change of mind. If somebody is having a repentant heart with an understanding of the Greek, the Bible says that it is a change of mind for the better of moral aptitude, that to change the attitude towards sin. Hallelujah. So it is important that we look into this uh, very carefully. Number two, to regret the consequences of sin and not the cause of it. To regret the consequences of sin, but not the cause of it. So one can have a repentance that, oh, the consequences of sin that is coming to me is going to hit me hard. And for that matter, they regret their actions. For example, when, 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 when Judas went and um, sold Christ and then received um, bribe and uh, money from the, the, the money uh, from the from the, uh, the people who crucified him, who crucified Jesus Christ. When, he, when, when Judas did that action, the Bible says that he went back to them and said that I have betrayed an innocent person. He used the word innocent blood. And for that matter, take your money. But he did not seek to go and correct the, the things that he had done, the errors that he has done by way of going to ask for forgiveness. And for that matter, he was able to give them their money 
but he did not obtain the favor and the mercy of God to restore him back to his position. And so the Bible says that from that point on, he went and, and, and committed suicide. Hallelujah. He committed suicide according to uh, Matthew chapter 27. So people of God, it is important to realize that if we are coming to that place of allowing repentance to work in our hearts, we must begin to think that our, the consequences of our actions and also the cause of our works must always be dealt with. We'll go into that details today, the stages of repentance. There are seven of them. Hallelujah. The next point is the change of mind and attitude towards sin and its cause. Hallelujah. That's very, very important. The change of mind and attitude towards sin and its cause. Whatever you did, anything that you did, whatever call that you made, the statement you did, you said, though it may be of having a bit of uh, truth or some sort of a connection somehow, but it has created or generated a very negative effect. And now you are regretting of your actions and your sins. The Bible says that if we come to that place, the change of mind and attitude towards sin and its cause, it is able to give us an understanding for being able to get back on track to correct whatever may have been done. Amen. And, 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 and the Greek says that it is, this is the statement the Greek says, it is called metanoia. Metanoia, that is the real change of mind and attitude towards sin and its cause, and not merely the consequences of it, not just because you'll be punished, not because you'll be ostracized or you'll be, you'll be jailed or whatever, but rather because you just want things to be right or you want to correct whatever wrong that has been established. Because of that, the Bible says that there is opportunity for you. And so if we are talking of any of these repentances, I think that metanoia is one of the things the Greek actually will help us to begin to walk in so that we can create again the relationship. Hallelujah. And the last one is an irrevocable repentance. That is when God does something to you or the opportunity of his love, when he shows to you, when he has given you that platform to begin to walk with, he does not change his mind anymore. Hallelujah. He does not move back on the blessings that he's given to his people. But any further blessings that needs to be given to you, you will not obtain it. But the moment where we have been able to receive that blessings of God, the Bible says, according to the Greek, they says that, God can get to that place where he will not be able to change the mind or regret of whatever actions. And so it is an irrevocable place that you can be. Hallelujah. Amen. So the last one is the, is the irrevocable repentance through a godly sorrow that God can give to us. Amen. So today, one of the things that will help us to be able to walk in this place properly, because we keep hearing people talking about Oh, repent, repent, repent. And then sometimes even the church can really bash people so hard and so high with all kinds of those statements, repent, change your mind, change your attitude, move away from your sins and all that. How do we repent? How do we repent? It's very important. How do we repent? Because sometimes people don't know what to do. Because if you look at Judas's situation, if he knew what to do, he would have been able to get himself on track again. Just as the apostle 
Peter would deny Christ. He sinned. He, he, he did iniquity. He, was, he, he said what was wrong. But because he knew what to do, the Bible says that he repented and now began to seek for ways to correct whatever he did. From that point on, he was able to be restored. And when Jesus Christ came back and met him again, he says that be strengthened and make sure that when you are now restored, you help your brothers. So people of God, we need to know how one can walk through the stages of repentance. So this is what uh, the point where we want to get to. But before we go into the first stage, I want us to open to Psalm, Psalm 32. Psalm 32 is a very important scripture that I want us to read or to look into. Psalm 32. Psalm 32. Please, if you can post for me, please. Psalm 32. Please pick up your Bible. We are doing studies today. And let's go to the book of Psalm 32. The, the topic is the joy of forgiveness. Let your glory rest on this word, O God. Psalm 32, and this is a psalm of David. It's a contemplation. So blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven and whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. When I kept silent, listen to what he said. When I kept silent, my bones grew old. When I kept silent, my bones grew old. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into drought of summer. And he paused there. Why? For I acknowledge my sin. To you and my iniquity, I have not hated. Hallelujah. It is important for us to see it this way. The, the, the man of God is speaking so expressly to let us know that anyone whose sins are forgiven, you are blessed. So blessed is his, he whose transgression is forgiven and whose sins are covered. And how can your sin be forgiven if you have not asked for forgiveness that your sins may be forgiven? Matthew chapter 6 will help us to understand that one of the things that Jesus Christ spoke about by, by way of leading us in the model of prayer is that we have to ask that the Lord will forgive our sins and iniquities. If not, then we will not obtain favor in his sight for us to be able to also receive mercy from the Lord. And so David says that the more I kept silent from the things that I have done wrong, this is what happened to me. I saw that the hand of the Lord was heavy upon my life. And secondly, my bones in my body, they grew old. I see that it was a drought of summer. There was no vitality in my body. And so from that point, verse 5, he says that I acknowledge my sins to you, God. And to my and my iniquity, I did not hide it anymore. So that is the place where we begin to see the stages at which David managed to get himself back on track with God again to be able to be restored original position that God called him. So for this cause, for this cause, 
for this cause, everyone who is godly shall pray to you in a time when you may be found. When can God be found? The moment where we have come to the place of realizing our stand with him that it is a bit of a shortfall. And for that matter, we want to restore and recollect and make sure that things are done well. The moment we find that opportunity, that is the time that God has given us opportunity to be able to stand strong. That is the only prayer God will hear from somebody who is sinful. When you are coming right and coming clean, before him, just as you are, not because you are right, but because of the state of your error, you want God to be to restore you back to your original position. The Bible says that we fall short of the glory of God every time we sin. That's it. You may obtain a bit of the glory, but to be, uh, to be able to have the full measure of the glory of God, it is no longer in there. And so every time there is any chance for you to do anything, what you need is to get the glory back to the full position or the full level where you were originally placed. And if you're able to do that, it begins to help you to build yourself. So David continued by saying that surely in a flood of great waters, they shall not overcome near him. So for you are my hiding place and you shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. And I will guide you with my eye. Do not be like the horse. Take that carefully. Do not, this is the statement of God. It said, do not be like the horse, like the mule, which have no understanding, which must harness with a bit and bridle, as they, not, they will not come near you. God is using those who are stiff naked and stubborn and difficult to accept their error and being able to correct themselves and say, the Father, I make, I've made an error. Please forgive me. Or those who have soft knees who want to go back on their knees to say, I'm so sorry. I apologize. I want to say sorry. Whatever wrong I did. Those who have that strong mentality and feel that they are right. After all, they are right and all that. The Bible says that this is how your life becomes. You don't obtain favor with God. You don't get a lot of blessings of God. The eye of the Lord does not guide you. We will see the benefits of, of, um, of, of being able to uh, come to the place of repentance. There are 20 of them. 20 of them. And so today, it's a very loaded message. And I pray that by the grace of God, every child of God listening to me today will open their heart to receive this. That anywhere you are, any wrongs that you've done, any mistakes that you've done, please come clean. Come clean. Go before God. Go on your knees. Ask God for mercy, for forgiveness. Don't justify yourself. Don't try to correct, uh, correct God and try to make it. No, 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 no. It is, it is wrong. Whatever is wrong is wrong. And let it start from that place. And God shall restore you. And he is saying, verse 8, he says that I will instruct you and I will teach you the way you should go. I will guide you with my eyes. Do not be like the horse whose nose needs a bridle or something to be used to hook in there before they are turned around to obey whatever information that they need to receive. And say, so many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he who trusts in the Lord, mercy shall surround them. Mercy shall surround them. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous, and shout for joy, all you are pride in heart. And these things of our errors, iniquities, and mistakes actually wages war in our hearts. 
Most times, it is not the things that goes on around us, but rather the battle that goes on within you, within your mind, your heart, and your words. Those are the places where the iniquity of our actions begin to wage stronger war against us so strong to the point where we might sometimes, some people even jams the hoop, the hoop, the hoop. You remember, uh, what's the name? Uh, I mentioned a moment ago, Judas, after he went and did what was the, the sales of, of Jesus Christ, receiving the, the pennies, and now he found out that he had done something wrong. Instead of him coming clean and going back to Jesus and making amends, he ran away. And the next point is that the pressure in his heart would not allow him to stay strong and stay vibrant to do whatever he wanted to do or to fulfill his destiny. And for that matter, the Bible says that he went and committed suicide. He killed himself. And that is what is happening in our generation now. Sin is killing a lot of people. It's killing marriages. It's killing businesses. It's killing relationships. It's killing children from their parents. It's killing parents for their children. It's killing all kinds of situations. Everything that the enemy is doing is to make sure that he separates you from your peace. He separates you from your joy. He separates you from your position. The moment sin enters, opportunity to rise begins to grow dim and so we must always come to that place of repentance make it right with god and with your brother whatever wrong you've done against them make sure that you make it right the bible says that david will have to ask god he said that um, from that point on what i did was to ask for mercy and for forgiveness of my sins hallelujah if we can come to that place and ask for the mercy of God, and ask the Lord, please forgive me, I have done wrong. Yes, I'm in this world, I should have done what is right, but please forgive me. He will never turn back on you. One of the major and the most effective prayers is the prayer of asking for forgiveness of one's sins. It will never go unanswered. Every prayer, of a deliberate prayer for forgiveness or asking for amendment of, of errors and correcting yourself, the Lord is always eager to hear that and restore you. Hallelujah. So, point number one, how do we get ourselves repentant and get ourselves in alignment with God? Number one, you must feel sorrow and be honest about your actions. You must be honest about what you did and must feel, have a sorrow about it. Number two, you must acknowledge the danger of the sins and the damage of the guilt. I've said two things. You must acknowledge the danger of the sins and acknowledge the damage of your guilt. Acknowledge. I have sinned, Lord. Yes, this thing that I've done, it is going to create this kind of trouble and this situation is going to mess up and this condition is going to create and all this mess is going to come up and I don't know how to handle it. So today, I'm coming clean. Please have mercy and the Lord will surely show you mercy. Hallelujah. So we must acknowledge the, dam the danger of the sins and acknowledge the damage also of the guilt conscience that will be in our minds. Number three, we must forsake and never justify the sin. 
forsake and never justify the sins. Most times we try to explain it. Yeah, because she started first. You know, <laughs> my little boy was called in for attention for throwing stones in school. And then he, when I got to school, they detained the teachers detained me for almost half an hour. And I was not so pleased with it because I needed to do other stuff. And they said, we need to talk to you. And I said, okay, now talk to me. I said, wait. Now they will not release my boy to me. And I was standing with my daughter waiting for, and the little, the little one waiting for uh, this young man to come. And I was standing, I could see him standing there with one teacher, but the head teacher wanted to talk to me. Why? Because he had done something wrong. And they wanted the child to see the gravity of his error. And again, they wanted the parent to also have a feel of the actions of the, the son in the absence of the parent. And so I spent 30 minutes waiting for him and everybody's gone. And I was standing there waiting for him because the teacher was engaged in something. And then the teacher came and said that he was throwing stones and this, this and all that. And I said, oh, wow, okay. Uh, and it's not like him. It's not like him. So I was wondering what may have caused this thing, but I could not justify his actions. If he's done something wrong, it has to be addressed. And so I thanked the teacher and now right there, I went to my knees and said, brother, what happened to you? What, why did you do that? And he said, eh, this one, this, this, and this one did that. And they threw this at me. And so I also picked it up and threw it back on them. And all that. I said, listen, you don't do that again. Next time, this is the channel. You go and report it and speak to the teachers and then let them deal with it. You don't take the actions yourself. So we must, of a necessity, forsake the, sin, the sins and never justify it in any sense. Hallelujah. Number four, you must fully confess to the Lord about your actions. Confession is good for you. That David says that, and I confessed my sins. David did it in many places. He killed somebody, uh, somebody's husband and took the wife. And the Lord came through prophet Nathan and, 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 and reprimanded him and said, what you did was wrong. Straight away, he opened up and said, yes, I have seen between you. I've made an error and sin between you, God, and man. And so from that point on, David, the Lord restored him. Every wrong David did went back to God. Uh, Psalm 51, he spoke about his actions, the mistakes that he did. He spoke about it. And here, Psalm 32, too, he also is speaking about it, how he came out. So we must never justify it, but rather we've got to confess before God fully whatever we have done wrong. If we do this, God gives us the opportunity to be able to get back in track or on track with him, where his glory is made manifest, where his power is available unto us, where his blood, the blood of Jesus Christ, is able to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If a child of God will avoid trying to cover their sins, but rather open up before God and say, Lord, I repent of my sins and I confess today that this is the errors I have made, God will have mercy on you. Nehemiah chapter 1, Nehemiah cried out and in prayer and in supplication, fastings and all that, he went before God and said, Lord, we have done corruptly against you. My fathers, my fathers of old, all of them have sinned against you. Have mercy on us. Forgive our sins for we have not obeyed the instructions of yours and we have walked away 
from your, your, your status. And today we are asking you that Lord reestablish the covenant that you established with Abraham, with Isaac and Jacob, so that we may find mercy before thee. And from that moment, the, the Bible says that, and the Lord heard his cry and his prayer. If we refuse to confess our sins before our God, there is no guarantee of God hearing your cry or your prayer any further. So a child of God, a member of Christian assembly, a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, we don't want to contain sin anymore. If a pastor has done his wrong, you've got to go before God. If a member has done their wrong, you've got to go before God. If anybody has done their wrong, please go before God. Don't keep it inside of you because it shall become like a, a, a cancer that will, will eat you up and kill you and affect the people around you. For example, when Israel disobeyed the instructions of God and then whatever information that Joshua gave to them and said, let nobody touch the accursed thing. Achan picked up some raiment and some money, some few coins of money, gold here and there, and came and hid it in his house. The Bible says that he hid it in the middle of his tent. And because of one man's action, because of Achan's behavior, when they went for war again, 32 people died. 32 people died. And it never happens with Israel. Nobody goes to war and, and get killed. I'm telling you, that was the fact. That was the lifestyle of Israel. Though they were not trained as men of war, but because God was their lead in every area they went and they obeyed the instructions of God, God always gave them victory over their enemies. But because of sin, and one person decided not to tell the truth, not to repent of their actions, and kept it because of greed, pride, arrogance, disobedience, and all kinds of stuff that makes people go all the way and do errors. It created a new atmosphere for the enemies of Israel. And the Bible says, a small country. You see how sin can be so dangerous and be deadly. A small situation now is waging war against Israel, a mighty army. And when they were going, they said, oh, we don't need to take the whole army to go. We just have to take a couple of people and we'll be able to win them. And so they selected only a few people. The Bible says 32 of them died. Somebody's single action. So we must always make sure that we confess our sins before God. Our actions must be made correct. Hallelujah. Number five, you must make restitution of your damages. You must make restitution of your damages. The Bible says that Zacchaeus said that any one that I have cheated and duped and money to take or extorted money from, I'm going to restore and even double it. Hallelujah. Wherever you have made the error, make sure that you have it in your heart to correct it. I was watching a video, a young man who used to go to a particular offline shop to go and steal some small, small stuff from that place. And every time this guy goes there, he will, when he was young, because he didn't have the money, and sometimes juvenile delinquencies will also open those platforms for us to mess about. So this guy will go there and steal, and we'll go there and steal. And then when he came to the place of realizing that his actions weren't right, and he had grown, he was not now a matured person. He went out there, to back to the shop, and then asked for mercy and for forgiveness. He calculated everything that he had stolen all those times and told the shop owner and said, listen, 
I want you to tell me how much does this cost? And this is me. I came here and I've been stealing from you for all these years. This particular uh, object, it was sweets that he used to steal. And so the, he said, I am coming to make amends because I have found Christ and I'm making, I have seen what repentance means. I understand what it means now. And so I want to make amends. And this brother went back to the shop, to the, this owner. And the man was shocked that he said, I have never seen this in my life ever since I opened this shop. And it was years past. He'd been there. He's now grown an old man. But the brother paid back everything he stole from the man with interest and said, look, I want to pay you with interest. And the man collected the money. The man was even trying to refuse it, but he said, no, I need to do this for my own sake. So trying to restore back all the damages that we have done is always a sign that the spirit of God respects so much. So he gives to you the opportunity to begin to walk in the power and the might of his will again. Hallelujah. Number six, you must forgive others who are involved in your actions. Sometimes we don't even forgive ourselves. When we have done others, others wrong to others, it becomes a weight on us, and then we don't even want to forgive anyone. Matthew says that, listen, if you want God to forgive you, you have to forgive others. If we are able to say, I'm sorry, I forgive you. Whatever wrong you've done for me, I let go. God is also able to let go of your actions as well. And again, we have to also forgive ourselves. Sometimes we can beat ourselves too much to a point where it is overstretched. Yes, we overstretch ourselves and the enemy uses the psychological weakness of our actions and begin to bring us to that place of shame. He said, ah, you're a child of God. Look at the mess you've done. Yeah, you're a child. Of, and you can live that lifestyle all the rest of your life. I was listening to a story of a woman who had done something against the husband. And now he, she feel, felt that she has been so dirty. She could never be forgiven. The husband would never allow and all that. And for years past, here was this woman now in church. And almost always, she was growing old. Sickness and disease was even coming in her life. And they have been praying for her, asking for deliverance, and things are not happening. And one day, she opened up to the man of God. And the man of God is, listened to the story. And the, the story was kind of a bit of a weight. And they were still together as a couple. So he said, listen, I'm going to pray with you, but I want you to be honest to yourself. Go back to your husband and tell whatever. Though you've told God, but speak to your husband. There are two things that will happen, or that may happen. One, your husband may forgive you and restore the marriage. Or he may forgive you and ignore you and, 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 and divorce you. But whichever way it comes, be prepared to accept it. And again, you forgive yourself from today. So she took the prayers from the man of God. The man of God prayed for them, went, uh, prayed for her, went to the pastor, and spoke, uh, spoke, went to the husband, spoke to the husband. And the husband listened to the statement of the woman, was shocked though. And within the heart, the Lord had already prepared the heart of the man. And so when the wife was speaking, the man could only see love. Nothing else, not the actions of the past, but even what they could do together to build each other up. And from that moment, the relationship became even stronger than before. 
So people of God, sometimes we might think and dread that if we, if I go and 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 ask for forgiveness from this or make it uh, make good with my my actions, it may backfire or cause me harm. Listen, whatever situation it may bring, because of our genuineness, the Lord will know how to work it out for your good. Amen. And the last point on the stages of repentance is that you must seize the moment of hope you have gained to depend on God and deepen your relationship with him. Hallelujah. So when God has reminded you of your actions and everything is knocking on your door, that moment is a golden moment for you. Take that moment up. Seize that moment. Go on your knees. Go before God. Ask for mercy. Ask for forgiveness. Say, Father, today I am coming clean. And today I'm taking this opportunity that you have reminded me and you have knocked on my heart with. And I want to come clean. Please have mercy on me today in Jesus' mighty name. And restore me to the original position. And the Lord, the Most High God, will surely hear your cry and he will restore to you any lost grounds that you may have lost by his grace. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. amen. The Lord will never forget, forget about your actions. Listen to me carefully. It is always in our interest to make amends. It is always in the interest of a child of God to correct whatever error they have done. It is in your interest to repent genuinely. It is in your interest to correct and to build up the relationship that is broken. It is in your interest to make sure that things work well. It is not because you are stupid. No, no. It is not because if you are asking for forgiveness or forgiving others who have offended you, it is not because you are stupid. It is because you are a child of God. It is because the love of God dwells in you. It is because the hand of God is upon your life. It is because God is seeking for a deeper relationship with you. That is why he keeps on knocking on your door. That is why David will say that when I kept my mouth shut, my bones became heavy and dry in me. As if it was like a summer drought. Listen. If we keep the sins inside of us, we will begin to dry out spiritually. We begin to lose grounds in many areas. You see men, and they can't do well. They cannot do more. They cannot support more. They, you wonder what's going on with them. But everything is within them because their iniquity has created a whole kind of a mob or worm that is eating the blessings of peace out of their life. So therefore, it is important that every child of God never have to keep in them any sense of iniquity, sins, or, or error that they have made. Always make amends. So these are the stages of repentance. I will mention it again. Maybe you may not hear, you may not have heard everything. Number one, must be honest and have sorrow. The Bible says in the second Corinthians chapter seven, godly sorrow produces godly, uh, godly repentance. Two, you must acknowledge the danger of the sins and the damage of your guilt in you. Number three, you must forsake the sins and never justify it. Number four, you must fully confess to the Lord about your actions. Number five, you must make restitutions of your damages. Number six, you must forgive others who are involved in the actions that you took. 
And number seven, you must seize the moment of hope you have gained to deepen your relationship with God. So these are the stages of repentance in the kingdom. May the Lord bless this word. May he help us to be able to come clean in his sight, in any wrong and anything we have done against him and against our fellow men. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that may the Holy Spirit wake your heart up to begin to, to come to that place where you come to terms with your actions and change the order that you have established in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever the enemy may do to try to harden your heart and to allow the iniquity to persevere in you from today, I speak against it in the mighty name of Jesus. Receive a true repentant heart from the Lord and be able to come clean from every area that the enemy may gain advantage over your life. I declare in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that may the Lord look unto you with favor. May he look unto you with mercy. May he look unto you with love. May he look unto you with outstretched hands to be able to embrace you back again when you genuinely go back to him and confess in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. 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 I want amen. us to be practical. Amen. I want mm -hmm. us to be practical. If you are listening to me, I don't know where you are listening to me from, but I want you to be practical. I want us to go before God and say, Father, forgive me of my sins and any error I have done against you. Whatever mistakes I've done against a brother, against humanity, against my society, against my family, against my loved ones, against my spouse, against my children, against myself. Sometimes we sin against ourselves. The Bible says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And therefore, when we sin against ourselves, we are sinning against the Holy Spirit or driving the Holy Spirit away. We are making the place uncomfortable for him. And therefore, we need to also correct that. Hallelujah. So we want to pray practically. After that, we have a communion to establish whatever we pray about. And we, are, we want to ask God, Father, anywhere we have sinned against you, against humanity, against life, against our society, against our family, against our loved ones, against ourselves, we are asking for forgiveness. Even against the church, we could have sinned against God's kingdom. Let's pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's ask for forgiveness now. Let's do it practically. Heavenly Father, we come before you with a repentant heart, and we open Father, this morning we come before you. We honor you, O oh God. We say you are the great and mighty God. Father, this morning we pray and we ask for your grace and your forgiveness, O oh God. Let the repetitive power of Christ, my Lord and my God, come into action this morning in the name of Jesus. Let the eternal sacrifice, my Lord and my God, come into this morning in the name of Jesus. We pray, O oh Lord, my God. That you will cause us to be acquitted, O Lord, of every sin in the name of Jesus. Father, every sin we have committed, my Lord and my God, irrespective of how great it my, my Lord and my God, throw it into the sea of forgetfulness. Look unto the mighty name of God, Jesus, for our original position. 
this we are. But we also know, my Lord and my God, that we are to flee in the name of Jesus. Father, give us the courage and give us the strength, oh Lord, to flee in the name of Jesus, oh God. We bless you, oh Lord, our God, that you will cause us, my Lord and my God, to walk in strength and in courage, to walk in the redemptive power in the name of Jesus. Cause the pierced hands of Christ, the sacrificial love, Lord of my God, to be our redemptive grace this morning in the name of Jesus. Look unto Christ Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith this morning. Look unto the Lamb, my Lord, the sacrificial Lamb from the beginning of time, my God, and forgive us our sins, forgive us our iniquities, forgive us our transgressions. For Christ was wounded for our transgressions in the name of Jesus. We bless you and we glorify your holy name, oh God. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. I want us to go before God. The Bible says that nobody should come to him unworthy and take the cup of blessings and the body of Christ unworthily. And for that matter, our actions that we have done now by the grace of God gives us permission and access before the throne of grace where we can obtain mercy to find help in times of need today. And therefore, if you have your elements with you, if you haven't got them ready, please quickly grab something from wherever you can get them from in the name of Jesus Christ. And let's release a blessing on them in the mighty name of Jesus. The Spirit of God indeed will bless us having this communion. Hallelujah. Having these elements in the name of Jesus. Wherever you are, I want you to open your mouth and begin to have it. In the mighty name of Jesus, open your heart. Spirit of God, we come before you, O God. In the name of Jesus, we come before you. We declare in the name of Jesus that let your blessings be in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray, O Lord, that in the mighty name of Jesus. We declare, O God, the Lord, when we take the elements of our communion. In the mighty name of Jesus, let us sit with you. We declare in the mighty name of Jesus, let those who have been bound by the enemy because of the communion. In the mighty name of Jesus, those who have been cast down with emotions and because of the communion, set them free, O God. Any trouble, any challenge, any difficulty, any situation that anyone is fighting because of the communion, let there be liberty, O God, and let victory be rock for us. We declare in Jesus' mighty name by faith that we are taking the body of Christ, in the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the 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 the
and the blood of Jesus, the cup of blood of Jesus. And now I declare in the name of Jesus Christ that may his face shine on us. In the name of Jesus. Glory envelop us. In the name of Jesus. Around us. May he guide and lead us into the path of peace. And whatever we do, may we prosper both in season and out of season. To his name alone be glory and honor. And we thank him for establishing us again in him. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for tuning in today, wherever you are listening and tuning from. We are grateful to God for your life. This is Emmanuel Christian Assembly, and I hope that this word find expression in your heart and walk with it. Next week, we're going to talk about advantages. Amen. Advantages of repentance. Advantages of repentance. We shall take communion again next week. So please make your point and make sure that you share with a brother or a sister. Goodbye. Goodbye.